Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations. Z, we've been talking about the state of the world as we often do. And the title of today's discussion is A World Without Substance. So for those of us who've been alive, call it 35, 40 years plus, we've probably noticed some pretty big changes in our lifetime in the world. And a lot of what's happened is that we've moved increasingly from substance to form and how things are packaged. So instead of there being real things that we can touch and feel, they're digital things. Uh, We've talked about this on some of the previous podcasts with relationships, where instead of meeting people in the real world, we're meeting online profiles. Honestly, we don't know if those people are real or not, or maybe they're misrepresenting themselves. And that can be a big drain of time and energy. So we have to navigate that whole world of uh, almost digital avatars, uh, because we're not out there meeting real people. Uh, We talked about this with regard to Bitcoin. Uh, We've seen, for those people who've been paying attention to the news, there was this huge crypto blow up, and this guy, SBF, Sam, Sam Bankman Freed, I think he went by SBF, he started this crypto exchange, and it was just hailed as this visionary company and this incredible platform. It turned out to be a big scam. So people lost about $10 billion because uh, there was nothing behind it. It was these digital uh, tokens. Uh, he had Bitcoins that he was holding for people, but it wasn't actual stuff, and then he was lending the money to other affiliated entities, and it all just disappeared in some void. And who knows whether anyone is going to get this back or not. And then we also talked just about how people communicate. And what's interesting, if we look at the way that people talk, it's almost like what you say doesn't matter, but how you say it is everything. So we're not allowed to have conversations and simply state facts or simply state the truth, we have to say it in the right way. We have to say it in a way that doesn't offend or doesn't provoke or is politically correct. And if we don't, if we just state something that is, but that other people don't want to hear, then they take offense and they call us hateful or they say you're fat shaming or you're anti-Semitic or whatever the case may be. Uh, And all of these things, Z, I thought you made a really interesting point that as we move from a world of tangible things like real people Uh, things that we can touch and feel, hobbies, actual experiences, uh, just discussions based on what is versus based on what we want to hear. When we move from that to a world which is based more on form and more on shadows and more on appearances, it becomes very draining. So we walk through this reality and we're just spending a tremendous amount of, of energy Uh, dealing with shadows, dealing with things that don't have substance, that don't give us anything back in exchange. Um, I kind of think of this uh, with regard to relationships, where if you've got a relationship with someone and you're engaged and you're present and you're in the moment, you can laugh, you can have fun, you can have a dialogue, and that's restorative. But if you're with someone and they're distracted and they're on a cell phone and their mind is somewhere else, they're not in this actual world here and now, they're in some virtual world, then that interaction doesn't do anything. And in fact, it becomes very difficult to deal with. It's irritating. It's aggravating. It's something that we don't even want to be around. 
so it, maybe we can start there, Z, because this point that you made I thought was really interesting, and I think we should flesh it out a little bit. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Talk to us about this world of uh, of shadows that we're in, this lack of substance, and what does that do to people? Why is it so hard for us uh, to navigate that world? Vin, I would start by a few things that oftentimes you hear a, a generation discussing the prior generation or the generation coming up in, in a way that is simply just being out of touch. What I wanted to try to look at, get us to look at, is in our lifetime we have seen globally where there have been revolutions, cultural, social revolutions, and what they mean by a revolution in that terminology is a sudden or seeable transition in the way things were done for a long period of time. If you're a traveler and you've traveled over the years, I, I was traveling in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 21st century, and you could go to places around the world where you could see where there were cultural revolutions, where you may have went to a place that was, uh, had, hadn't changed much since the 1400s or 1500s. Then you move up into the 90s and then suddenly this place went from animal-motivated uh, carts to high-speed trains. They went from runners sending messages and a local phone booth to high-speed internet, right? Within a born person's lifetime, and from the time they were born to the time they came into maturity, 20 years, and you see it. And those people who grew up with that that had no memory of the way it used to be, that seemed like ancient history. But their whole culture and mannerisms, behaviors, ideologies were born over hundreds of years prior to that. And then suddenly those values, those ideas no longer have a place. And that's when you see a revolution. That's when things have really changed. Um, Iran is striving for a, a revolution in the way that women have been interacted with in Iran for so many hundred years. So for people there, there's bloodshed in the street, there's fighting, there's all that. And whatever happens, it will never be the same again. So any young lady born after this moment will never know a world like that. But the people who were born prior to that, even a few years before, they remember that world. So they have a connection to how things happen. What's going on with us, there are people born in a world that, that never knew a world without 4G and 2G and uh, relationships being developed, living and dying that never happened. Romances that never were consummated. They, they don't know a world where people actually had to face each other, to watch the expression on a person's face, see their body English, their mannerisms. They, in a world where the idea of emptiness could have value, where if you pour enough of your human energy into something, that thing would hold together long enough to be considered substantial, though it was never there, meaning it's almost like dealing with phantoms. And for those of us who were born in a world where we understood the difference between a fixture and a phantom, 
it's a difficult world to navigate. It's a difficult world to communicate with people. And for those of us, what I'm hoping we can get out of this is it, it, as we're learning and we too are adapting, which is a big part of evolution, is adaptation. We want to navigate that crooked path through this just so we can live our years out in a clear way. As I work with people every day in, with their health, you see more and more incidents of younger people, 35 and under, having strokes, acute radiological syndrome, and all manner of health issues that used to only be that of aged people. Now you're seeing it. Why? Because a lot of energy is going out and no energy is coming back in. There's a lot of fruit, but there's no root, right? So for us who are here, who observe this, even putting words to what we're observing is kind of difficult. As you said, a weighed fact isn't as important as how that fact is presented. And then through the FACES Committee, that fact is then dissected and deciphered to see if it makes me comfortable and intangible. So that tangible thing needs to be dissected and dispersed into almost burned up into the intangible for it to be judged safe or okay. You said something too, a common phrase we use that I think is misused is the idea politically correct. I think that phrase came out of a political speech back in the 80s or something, or maybe even longer ago, political correctness. And where we lost that, what did they mean by politically correct? Political politics meant diplomacy, correct diplomacy, correct way of conveying a message to many people so that we could get our point across. It's now become kind of a poison phrase that means uh, it's more of a disparaging word uh, or phrase now than I think it was originally meant to be. I could be wrong on that for sure. But if I think about that, trying to communicate with people in a way that they would not reject what you're hearing, listen to you long enough so you could get your point across before maybe you say a certain catchphrase or something and all of a sudden, okay, the communication is shut down. So there is a value to, to political correctness, a limited value, because what I really want to do is be able to navigate the landscape of humanity in a way that I can get my point across, you can get your point across without it being shut down because you feel offended or you don't like what was said. And you'll see that in conversations that there will be catchphrases or words people will hear and they will immediately stop communicating. And by the way, even communication is no longer what it used to be. When you're sitting there scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through the internet, that's not communication. When I um, flag you on something, what's it called? When I send you something, when I want to send something, I see something interesting and I'm going to send it to Vin, which I've started doing because I too have been online and it's getting the disease. It's like a disease. So I see something interesting or topical. And for me, I'm hoping that it will inspire us in our conversations. But for many people, the feeling of pushing a like, sharing a post, is completely fulfilling. I don't find it fulfilling unless you let me know that you got something out of that. But I'm from another era where that, that back and forth 
that communication, that communion of minds is kind of what the word means, a communion of minds or the community of minds comes together and you say, oh, I like what you sent me. Let's have a conversation. If that doesn't happen, then it's an empty, um, insubstantial, energy-draining action. And enough of that human energy is drained, there's very little of you left. That's what's really happening to people. When you see how quickly children get addicted to video games and they prefer that over building something or making something or engaging or enjoying the company of another person, that is because our humanity is being drained into this kind of cyber cesspool of nothingness. For those of us who feel that, who understand that, then we serve ourselves well by having time limits, pulling away from it, finding alternatives that include visceral and tactile activities to sit across from another person and engaging them without them sweeping their iPhone back and forth, right? Which is what Caitlin's doing right now, like an obsessed person. And you're seeing that more and more, so it's actually altering our brain function, it's altering our immune system, it's altering our skeleton in a way that is not auspicious, not healthy. For those of us who are opting out, we want to watch the signs of that. And I don't want to sound like it's a, 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 this ominous negative thing that's around, because I do believe we can use this technology to benefit us. And we've said that before. But it takes a very grounded person to do it. You must be grounded. Because it is the opposite of being grounded and, and anchored in yourself and being on the path of self-realization when you're caught up in the virtual cloud of this activity. Your emotions are invested in it, your feelings. I talk to people who are, are, are they, they call people their boyfriend and girlfriend who they've never met except in online empty interactions. Never met anyone, never connected, never held their hand never saw their facial expressions. But they're so deeply invested in it that it's causing a tremendous amount of emotional grief and despair because of the dashed hopes that come when you're really in life. When you're really in life, your senses are engaged. Your body weight is on the earth. When you're in this other realm, you're in a small region of your brain playing out all of life. So what's the purpose of having a body? Why even have a life? Why not just let the computer absorb all your mental algorithms and live there? So we've lost that connection to living. And for those of us who want to keep that connection, there are exercises that we try to do. There are boundaries that we set. Can you just close the phone? Can you put it to the side? Can you not check it the minute there's an alert or a buzz that has that's not related to family or business or something. And you will see that it's very difficult because the addiction is a new kind of addiction. It is addiction that one, in, in the past, addictions related to things you would do to get a fix of heroin. You would give up all your humanity so you could get the next fix. You would give up all your humanity to get the crack cocaine. You would give up all your humanity to get your crystal meth. Now you will give up all your humanity to get likes on the internet. 
You literally give it all up. You see the bodies changing. You see the emotions changing in people. You see our fragility in conflict. That, as you said earlier, Vin, if something doesn't appeal to our immediate nature, then we reject it totally. And there's enough people that agree with that's okay to do. It's okay to reject that that is grounded and earthbound for something that is ether-like, intangible, if it is more palatable. There is no way that can lead to a better human being. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, Z, you make some pretty interesting points uh, about uh, putting energy into something that, the way you describe it, it sounds like a black hole. So you go online and you're chasing the likes or whatever it is, or you're just looking at Instagram reel after Instagram reel, and you keep on putting your time, your energy into this, and either you get nothing in exchange because there's no response whatsoever, uh, there's no communication, uh, or what you do get isn't worth anything. Uh, so you, you get the likes and you get the followers, uh, but what does that actually do for you? And it's kind of funny as we're talking about this because that's really what I've learned about social media uh, with my spoken word project. The people told me that I had to build this online community and I've got to build a social media presence. And, and maybe I just don't get it. I'm the first to admit that I'm not that well-versed in social media. So there, there might be better ways to go about this. But it also kind of hit me, like, what's the point? I get people who follow me, but what does it mean that they follow me? That they get to see some of the posts that I put up and then they like the posts, but they're not even looking at the stuff that they're liking. They're just scrolling through it. So I'm putting stuff out. And I guess where I've come out is that I'm going to put stuff out that I want to put out anyway, that I get some value just from the act of putting it out, whether people are paying attention to it or not. Because you're right, see, what you're getting back in exchange gives you no value. So if you're putting things out, expecting that you're going to get that value from the void, it's not going to happen. Relationships, as we've talked about, it could be the same thing. You stop interacting with people in the real world. All the things that we do value, whether it's touch, whether it's empathy, feedback, uh, intimacy, all of that is lost. When there's that digital barrier, you don't even know if you've got someone's attention. You don't even know if you're dealing with a real person. It could be a robot. Uh, so I, I agree that, it, I shouldn't say I agree. I mean, we started the conversation with this, but just the way you're describing it makes it much more clear why we're putting all this energy out there into things that don't have substance. And if they don't have substance, they're giving us nothing in exchange. And we basically walk around in this zombie-like state because everything that constitutes our humanity, uh, that, that passion, that creativity, uh, it's being drained. It's being sucked from us on a daily basis. So if we take that as a given, and the other thing that we talked about behind the scenes before we got into the podcast is that we're not going to turn back. Uh, we can only move forward. We're not going to get back to a time before technology or before we got into this weird culture where people are afraid to say what it is and you have to say things in a certain way. That's just how it is. And maybe we evolve into something else and 20 or 30 years from now, we'll be in a different situation. But we're moving forward and we're moving through this. We're not going to go back to some utopian time or some past time that... Uh, that maybe feels a little more familiar or comfortable. Uh, so given this world that we live in, these dynamics that we're dealing with, 
maybe we should flip the, the question around. And it's not so much why is this draining our energy, but more what are the things that we can focus on that are going to give us energy back? So if we accept, Z, the fact that a lot of what we deal with every day is vapor, uh, it's a phantom, it's taking, it's not giving, and we've talked a bit about what that is. Okay, maybe we can put some limits around it. We can avoid it. Where do we spend our time? Where do we invest ourselves? Talk to us a little bit about the sorts of things that are going to feed us and nourish us. Well, yeah, Vin, and just to cover some of what you're talking about, as, I, as I'm listening to you and you um, sharing and, and giving me feedback on what I said, I'm getting more clarity in, in the point that, that we're trying to do with this podcast because what we want to do is always leave people with something that promotes or provokes free thought, independent thinking. And, and that to me is, is the single most important thing that a human being can have on the path to self-realization is to be able to think for yourself, to be able to sift through what is you and what is not you. What is you and what has been indoctrinated into you that is in opposition to your greater nature? And... As you're talking, I believe that opt-outs are the resistance, like in the old Terminator movie, the resistance. What is the resistance for? It is just to be a human being. As I was listening to you, I, I thought about the number of people that have never spent a day on a farm, just in nature. I mean, have you ever spent time in, on a farm or just in agriculture and there are the, the livestock or whatever is running around or birds are chirping and you get to interact with the land. And maybe I've been places where you get up in the morning and somebody brings you fresh water from a tube well. And you can, re you can see how humanity became human. To have to engage another human being in order to trade your resources and time for something that sustains your life. Right? to be supported and understand the value of supporting another person and them nurturing you in return. All this is going away. All the things that were, I believe, to be the foundation of our humanity are no longer necessary during the time of the rise of the machine. Being a human being is now an accessory. It is an upgrade of something else. It is a feature that you could or could not live with. And if that's the case, we can see why diseases of the mind and body are becoming more and more prevalent. Because, again, it's all going out and nothing's coming in. So what I mean is your flesh and bone goes out, but there's, you're not trading it for anything. If you've ever had that thing, you ever been on the, the internets here and been on the web or whatever it's called, the whole thing, and, and you're just cruising through and you're looking at interesting and you feel compelled to like something. Think about what it's done, how it's hijacked our emotions. Have you ever had that where you're looking at something, I better like this, I better hit the like button because I like this and I want them to know I like it. Or I listen to certain creators, is that what you call them, creators or info? And I'm listening, and I may like what they say, or, and they'll say, smash up the likes, add more likes. And I understand why they're doing that. It makes sense to me because you want a lot of people liking you so you can get that advertising money. Is that right, Caitlin? That's how it works. So they tell you, like me, like me. Then you realize that, oh, okay, I'm, 
I'm supporting someone who I value their word or whatever. But I've never interacted. I'll never get to meet this person. I'll never get to engage this person. I'll never really know if it's a person. And I take it back to when you used to read books, right? When people used to read books and there was a great author you liked. And you knew that author existed, but the opportunity to meet them may never come unless there's a book signing thing, right? They have book signings and you, everybody would go there and just let them know, hey, you hit it, you did it. That, that exchange of humanity, they used to have something called book clubs where you could interact with via letter and phone or whatever through to people who shared a valued writer or author or something. Yet your humanity was still intact. There was something that you got back from that. That is now gone. That's missing because we have AI generating communication. We have um, kind of pulled the human being out of it. So let's look at what it means to pull humanity out. We care less for one another. And when we lose that part of our brain, that pileal gland that deals with empathy, we slowly lose the hue in the man. Hue man comes from the idea of manu man and hue meaning to character. We don't have to have character anymore. We're just a mind with no character. So now, what did that character do to us? Well, it, built, it gave us the tools we needed to exchange and share with one another so we could build the world that we live in. I don't know if that was the plan for us to die off at the end of that journey. I thought the plan was that we would do better, that we would be, have less conflict, fewer wars, that we could live easily to 100 plus years. I thought that was where we wanted to go with it. At least years ago when this technology was coming up, wasn't it to free up our time so we could spend more time with each other? that we could spend more time on the farm because the robots and the technology and the algorithms would do all the laborious things that needed to be done so we could be more creative, that we could write better stories, that we could challenge our heart to love deeper. I think that was the reason. For, that was actually the fantasy of the 70s and 80s. That was the Star Trek model of the world, the Gene Roddenberry view of the world, that the technology would advance to a level where we could actually work on our humanity. Right now, that's not going on. So some of the solutions, I think, are the exercises, just like we make our body stronger. By making our mind stronger, let's look at the part of our brain that is deteriorating. The hippocampus, right, that deals with memory. The pileal gland that deals with empathy. The um, reptilian part of our, our brain, the basal ganglia and the amygdala and all that kind of stuff, it's shutting our body down because we're not here in our body anymore. So maybe if we set boundaries with our technology, know the limits of what it can and can't do, or maybe let it do everything it can but do what we can. What if we made it a point to actually communicate with one another, uh, to hear the voice of a friend, a loved one, a family member. 
What if we made it a point to take a road trip every now to visit one another instead of doing it over Zoom? Just every now and then, just enough to remember what we are, just enough to keep our humanity in shape. What if we didn't feel, when we caught ourselves feeling as if this digital interaction over the internet is somehow human, what if we reminded ourselves this isn't a human being? This is just a portal of information for me to give it life, to give it honor, I have to empty myself out. I have to lose a part of my brain. I have to lose a part of my humanity in order for me to be vested in the internet. How about being careful with our comments? You know they have the comment section. How about not comment at all? How about, yeah, I go straight to the comments. To be, I'll look at a news article, I look at the headlines, I go straight to the comments. I don't even read the story because it's just fascinating to see the level of hatred that spews out of people, were we always this hate-filled? Maybe so. And we get to witness it, but what does it do for me to witness it? If I'm sitting on the toilet reading comments from a hateful person, how do I then see the world when I, I leave? It doesn't look like a good world. I become pessimistic. I become hate-filled. I become uh, disinterested. In humanity, I become indifferent to human suffering. That's all it does for me. Do you want that? Do you want to lose a whole part of your humanity caught up in comments? So we need to regulate ourselves. Ideally, we'll regulate ourselves a little better and nurture the, the greater character of our humanity. If you have a comment, can you call a person and talk about it? Can you have a heated debate, a vibrant discourse with people if you can't do that, don't invest yourself in it. Don't buy from the, the subscribers, nothing. Unless we can get together and talk about it, share an idea, do what counts. Restore our humanity, not lose it. And as we know, there is now empirical data that shows in the changes in the brains and the skeletons of humans. This isn't, it's funny how you'll go to different news sites and they say, ha, ha, ha. This conspiracy that our brains are changing. Ha, ha, ha. This conspiracy that our spine is changing. It's not a conspiracy. It's actually happening. Walk down the street. I know I go places now. I'm a 65-year-old man, and I go places, and most places I go, I'm the fittest person there. Most places I go, I am the fittest person there. That's not right. Something is wrong. This has never happened in, in our, our recorded humanity. Where the level of self-awareness, the level of spatial awareness, the level of situational awareness has been reduced to what people are looking at in that box. Our mind is now in a box. And I love the box. I can benefit from it. It's a tool to me. But it's not my life. A tool allows me to build and do things to make my quiet life better. So I would ask all of us to work on your quiet life. See if you can take a trip to the country. See if you can be out of sail range for a minute. Or maybe if you're not out of range, just use it as a tool. You don't have to throw it away like some horror movie. Everybody throws their phone away and then the hatchet murderer shows up. You don't want to do that. But you do want to feel like, 
I have control of it. It doesn't control me. And we all benefit ourselves by being a little more careful with that so that we are stable and well and clear-headed and, and, and wholehearted. That's all. You know what I mean, Vin? Yeah, I think the limits are important, as we talked about, Z. Uh, this whole idea that we're throwing away our humanity, I think, is interesting. And I'm going to share some of my thoughts on this, uh, maybe go a little bit off topic, but then bring it back. Because I don't feel like this is a new phenomenon. So when I look at technology, to me, a lot of the dysfunction we see around technology has always existed. But it's more like technology enables it and accelerates it. Uh, so people have always been addicted to, to stimulus, uh, to lights, uh, to alerts, to news, whatever. But it gets that much worse because you got a cell phone in the palm of your hand. And you can look at this 24-7 if you want to. And we talk about giving energy to things that give us nothing in exchange. I feel like that phenomenon is a very old phenomenon. In fact, part of our Western culture demands that we do exactly that. You think about the idea behind the American dream, this idea of consumerism, of always going after more, chasing more, uh, buying stuff as a, a way uh, to, I don't even know what, but it gives you a quick high or it gives you some sense of pride or you need the next new experience and you keep, keep on going, you keep on chasing, chasing, chasing. I've always felt like that was a way to trade our humanity for something that provides very little in exchange. And it's exactly what you said, uh, that we've got all of this greatness inside of us. Uh, we've got this, this light, this talent, this ability, uh, w whether it's to create things, uh, whether it's uh, to give back and help our communities, whether it's just to engage with other people, uh, art, science, whatever it is, cultivate higher consciousness, we have that potential as long as our basic needs are met. So you take something like technology and you can use that to, uh, to meet your basic needs and then great, you've got time to cultivate higher consciousness, uh, to spend time on more of the things that actually make us human. Uh, but it's more that we go in the opposite direction. And, and this is something that's been in our culture for a very long period of time. Uh, you look at why people work, it's not about working necessarily to meet basic needs. Uh, some people do that, but a lot of people, it's work because that's my entire identity or work because I've got a lifestyle that costs so much damn money that I can't stop working. Otherwise, the entire thing is going to fall apart. And l let me go and uh, let me hang out with the right people. Let me be part of the right crowds. Uh, let me wear the right clothes, uh, go and vacation in uh, the right spots, take pictures, share that with people. I mean, hell, even our Christmas card phenomenon. Every year we send out Christmas cards, which is basically an announcement of how great we are and how beautiful our children are and all the wonderful things that we've done. Uh, it's just this activity or a series of activities uh, to bring us some validation or some momentary stimulus. Uh, and we spend a lot of time and energy seeking that. Uh, but again, my view is that that gives us very little in exchange. So it's a bad trade because we've been taught that life is about taking our humanity, which is very valuable, and trading it for things that are not very valuable. Uh, and, and that Z is something that uh, I think has been around forever. Uh, certainly before the start of my life, 
uh, you uh, grew up in a different country. Maybe you've got a different perspective. Uh, but when I think about Western culture, that seems like a fundamental part of Western culture. And in fact, we had discussions about this years ago. We talked about the original error. What is the original error, the mistake that people are making? It's this idea that I'm going to chase things that bring me fulfillment. I'm going to dismiss what actually is valuable in favor of what gives me no value. And that is the source of all of the problems that we have. And then the worse you feel, the more that you chase. And the problem just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse. And so we have to really understand what makes us human and feed that humanity. And yeah, maybe the technology makes things worse, but that tendency has always been there. So just some thoughts that are going through my mind. I mean, I'm curious, how do you see this if we go back in time? Do you think that we're in such a different place today than we used to be? Or is it more that maybe it's some of the same basic trends and they've just taken on a life of their own? What are your thoughts? Well, ben, what, what, what comes to mind when you talk about that is, is reflecting in, on what we know historically and observing society. And I want to be really clear that I am not anti-technology. I'm very aware that when they invented the telegraph and the, even the newspaper, they talked about when they came out with the printing press, people worried that too many people would have knowledge and then they wouldn't be happy anymore or whatever. So there's always been these naysayers and, 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 and people who um, foresaw dread with any new technology. They thought that automobiles would do all sorts of things and horse-drawn carriages would, would be this way or trains. And there's always, and I'm not, I'm, I'm reflecting upon all that as I speak. And what I'm saying as a health practitioner and with our mission here being mitigating human suffering, I look at all those things and, and was it better or was it worse? There's a pro and a con. There's a good and there's a bad. And how should we manage it? How can we turn the worst of things into the best of things? Well, as we are now 80 billion in our population, and let's say half the Earth's population is immersed in the World Wide Web, just immersed in it, and we look at some of the new challenges of humanity, basic things, we can now look back over a 20-year period since the rise of the machine, has it been better or worse for us? Or to what degree has it been better or worse? And I just want to sound the alert, not the alarm, that as you look at your physical, emotional, and social well-being, how can it be better? There is a desert of intimacy. I believe the divorce rate has gone up drastically in the last 10 years or so. A lot of the complaints are the lack of intimacy, the lack of connection, and the other highest complaints are issues of finance, materialism, and consumerism. So if we're seeing these kinds of things, what could we have done different? What was the causality of that? The military cannot field military people. And I, again, I'm not saying this to be pro or anti-war. But the military is a gross indicator of the status of a society where you don't have enough healthy young people. Not only their physical health is poor, but their mental health is of a point where they cannot work together in the military. Forget war, they can't work together. What was different? 
what was different. I just look at causality. The same way you would look if you go into a town and half the people have cancer. I want to look at the water supply. I want to look at the industrial complexes compared to maybe a town or two over that doesn't have a high level of cancer or, or autism in children or whatever. We want to look at causality. And because we are not, this, our, the way that we have used our devices without self-regulation, it is changing us in a way that maybe isn't the best way we want to be or reaching our higher potential. Um, you see new phenomena of people who are losing their, their grace because of their attachment to this, this technology these habit and is it in human's nature to be habitual? It's in our nature to be habitual. The brain loves to do things that it's used to doing that's efficient. But what's different is not giving you anything back. Let's say back in the day when people started riding horses. You had to, you, it was better than walking, but you had to learn to engage the horse, manage the horse. Your body adapted to riding the horse and you got stronger legs, stronger glutes, right? When you rode a horse, you had a horse rider's body, kind of a fit body, but you learned to use this beast of burden to get you to and from a little faster than walking, right? So then that technology of, of animal, uh, controlling animal and animal husbandry came about, there was an exchange. There was risk and there was an exchange. With this new expression of technology, all it requires is to sacrifice some of your humanity for time in the box. Give up your spine for time in the box. How much of that do you want to give up and what is the exchange? Now, if you use it to learn a new exercise routine, I think that's great if you're doing it. But then you have to do it. If you're using it to keep up with the Kardashians, it's taking away from you and giving you nothing back. If you use it for gossip, entertainment, to insult people, mm, I don't know if that's so beneficial to you. If you're using it to get your PhD and learn something, astrophysics or something like that, I think it's a wonderful forum. If you use it to take your Tai Chi classes at Dharma Media, I think it's a great forum, but you need to practice your Tai Chi on your own. You, you, you benefit from the homework, not just being stimulated by the show. So there are ways to navigate this, Vin. There are ways to use it, but again, it goes back to us being more enlightened as we do it. Not, no different than when you, if you were to use uh, herbs and, and pharmacopoeia to get well. You have to know the portions how much of this, how much of that, and when to take it, right? You can't take it all at once. Whatever good becomes bad if you just take it all at once. But you proportion it out a certain way. You time it out a certain way. And then it's beneficial. If you don't do that, it all, all, even a good thing becomes poison. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, I think the limits are are critical, as we've talked about. I, I mean, to me, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I don't know if qualitatively it's that different from what we've seen in the past. It's it's a new technology. 
it's much easier, perhaps, uh, to get sucked in. It's much easier to be in this void. If you go back uh, before cell phones and Internet, you could say the same thing about TV. You could potentially say the same thing about radio. But maybe because it's so pervasive, because it's, it's so simple, uh, because you're always holding on to, to the technology, it becomes really an extension of your own brain in a way that other devices have not in the past. Uh, but it, to me, Z, I think the principles are still the same. Uh, it's setting boundaries, and maybe before even setting the boundaries, just having an awareness, an awareness of our humanity. Because uh, honestly, that, that's what gets me out of this sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'll be flipping through a phone and spending all my time uh, just checking useless shit. <laughs> and it's like, the more that you do, uh, the dopamine starts going, and the more that you want to do, you're in that searching mode. And you can't even calm down. You, you literally have to uh, just sit down and wait for the dust to settle. And it's an uncomfortable feeling. Uh, it, it actually gets better. So once the dust does settle and you've got some peace of mind and some clarity, you're like, okay, great. Now I feel good. But until you get to that point, it, it's hard because your natural impulse is to keep on going. So one of the things that helps me is just perspective. Uh, just having that that sense always of what am I doing with my time? You know, I've got a very finite amount of time on this planet. I do have a lot of respect for human life, for my own life, uh, for my own abilities or things that I want to achieve. So what am I willing to give up or to trade that for? Which maybe is a different way of saying the same thing that you're saying, uh, that we want to use this, but we want to use it in a way that's intelligent. Or even if it is a drain... Maybe it's an acceptable drain. I mean, maybe sometimes we've just had it and, and we need to veg out and do nothing and do something mindless. Uh, but then we know that we're not going to give more than five minutes or more than 15 minutes to that activity uh, because it messes us up. I, I see this with my kids. It's very interesting to just observe their behavior because we've had to put limits around uh, screen time, whether it's TV or it's uh, iPads. And I can see their mood changing if they hang out there for too long. Uh, there's some weekends where they'll just be sitting around spending too much time on the iPad. And they get cranky and they get irritable. But not only are they cranky and irritable, they no longer know what's in their own, in their own best interest. Uh, so they don't want to go outside. They're resistant to do anything. Even though they're in this bad, crappy mood, they don't want to do anything. They just want to stay in that mood. They just want to keep on doing what they've been doing. Uh, keep on watching their TV program. So there's a certain inertia. And then I got to break it out. And I'm the terrible dad. It's like, you're the worst dad. You're horrible. We don't want to go outside. We don't want to do anything else. But then once we go outside, it's like, okay, that fresh air, that stimulus uh, that you get just from feeling the air in your face, from moving your body, uh, from just being free and being in the moment, that's a reset. And that brings my kids back to a much better place. I remember this very vividly, Z. Uh, I'd taken out my oldest one day, and she'd just been sitting around all day, uh, didn't want to go out. I finally got her out. We spent a good hour and a half or two hours outside, had a fantastic time. And we came back, and she just had this big smile on her face. And she's like, yeah, this was the best day ever. I, I love this day. I had so much fun with you. Uh, but she didn't want to go. 
so with kids, yeah, we're responsible for them. We can manage our own children, but maybe we also need to apply the same principles to ourselves and just have that that constant awareness of what am I getting out of this situation? I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I don't know if there are other tips that you have, Z, or, or other ways to just maintain that focus, but but I feel like that awareness is really where it starts, that we're giving up something. Our humanity is everything that we have, and we need to be very careful about how we spend it. Yeah, and what you're describing, Vin, is a phenomena in physics. So you have basically the ether sphere, and you have the human sphere, the being sphere, the life, you're alive. When you're out there walking in the park, or you're doing that, when you took your daughter out, you grounded her. She was back into the earthosphere, not the ethersphere. And that earthosphere is grounding, and that's where humanity flourishes and goes through its cycles of humanity. In the ether sphere, it's only a catabolic cycle. So you can call it the nothing time and the something time. So when they tell you your screen time was three hours or four hours or two hours, that was nothing time. That was the ether sphere that was draining your humanity, draining your earthosphere, your grounded time. And that's why it is so unhealthy. So we have to have a harmony of that. We have to have more grounded time, earthosphere. We are here. We are alive. We are human beings experiencing life at a rapid pace. We have a short lifetime. If we're lucky, we get 90, 100 years on this planet, and you get so many hours and days that you're doing something, that something is being human. I would say for those of us who are acting out a formula to balance us out, to harmonize us, so to say, is to know when you're in earthosphere, know when you're here. And so when you're with your family, your beloved, your friend, practice not being on the phone. Practice not scrolling on the phone, looking, or whatever device you're using, your iPad, your Galaxy, whatever it is, just put it away. And, and observe first, identify, process, integrate. Observe your agitation when you do it. Ask your partner to put away their phone and see if they yell at you like your kids yelled at you. Will they snap at you like an angry crocodile? Or will they say, thank you, I was, so out, I was so away from earth. I was so out of humanity. I'm glad you brought me back to life. What you'll probably get first is a lot of resistance. No, I just got to do one more thing. I'm at work. I, I hear that from my nephew. Time. I'm working. No, you're not. You're just scrolling. And you're laughing and giggling and talking to these robots that are in, in some server somewhere. And if you say, just put it down. Just put it down. Sometimes I do that in my home. I'll come in the house like crazy. I just want to see my kids and my wife and everybody's on some kind of device. I say, just put it down. And there's a moment of just sheer agitation, anger. And imagine that you're angry at a person that will only be in your life for a short time, that you supposedly love and adore, but they've pissed you off because they've taken you away from nothing. They've taken you away from absolutely nothing. It didn't advance your life. It didn't educate you. 
It didn't inspire you. It didn't make you a better person. It didn't make you jump higher and run faster. It did nothing for you. And they're asking you to put it down. With your children, of course, we go through it because it's an excellent babysitter. It's the next best babysitter to NyQuil. You know what I mean? You give the kids NyQuil, they just pass out. You give them the iPad, they're just gone for a while. It's an excellent babysitter. But it's nothing time. And the more you get comfortable with that babysitter, the more you corrupt your family's intimacy. So I would say for us, we want to spend more time in the earthosphere. Are you here with me? I'm finished with my day. I'm going to put away the phone. I'm going to put away my um, personal device. And we're just going to hang out. How awkward is that? How uncomfortable does that become? Imagine that becomes uncomfortable. That's what it's doing to us. So life is more uncomfortable than death. Because death is empty and vapid and without energy. Life is filled with energy, a constant exchange of energy and action. So again, boundaries. Yet I would say, let, let us all do a challenge and I'll participate in that challenge. Can we put it down? Can we just hang out, even if it's simple, something silly? I, I dragged the device away from my uh, son, Drona, last night. And I said, build something. And he sat there, and we were working on a solar robot. And it has instructions that are poorly translated from Chinese to English with pictures, what it's supposed to look like. So it's a real challenge putting it together. So the other night, we were doing it, and we gave up on it, and we just did something else. And this time, he took it, and he actually built the whole transmission from a visual picture. And he was so over the top with himself that he had did that. I want to preserve that part of him, that ingenuity, that ability to innovate, adapt, the ability to stick with something until you see it through. I think those are qualities that are worth building in a human being. I think those are qualities I admire in a human being. But we won't do it on the phone. We won't do it online. We won't do it scrolling and scrolling. It's, it's hijacking our mind. And if we don't need, we, and you don't need a body for that, soon they'll have the technology where Simply looking at the device through AI, you can guide it to where you want to go. You can scroll with your eyes. They're already working on that. That you can scroll with your eyes. Isn't that something? So you won't even have to use your hands. So why will you need hands? You sure as hell don't need a straight spine. So now we sacrificed our posture. But I'm saying, let's use that technology to advance ourselves, to write something, to grow something. Let's use the social media aspect to develop dialogue, interaction. Let's put on programming that people will say, hey, you know what? I'm healthier now. I'm better now. I learned something that's making my life better. Let our heroes be heroes that did something for humanity and not people who got a lot of likes. And let if, they, we, if we smash up the likes, let it be for something that elevates us. Those are just ideas. I don't own the truth, but I'm seeing the results of excessive disconnect. Excessive time in the ether sphere and not in the earthosphere. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, I see the same thing, Z. And it's interesting because we started this conversation about a lack of substance in the world more generally. A lot of that has to do with technology. Some doesn't. Some is just cultural, as we talked about. 
and it's needing to say things in a certain way, needing to tiptoe around particular topics. We covered that a little bit, but didn't even get into it as much. Maybe we do that as a follow-up and just get back to the the interpersonal communication. Uh, putting limits around devices, limits around cell phones and screen time, making sure we're grounded and we're in the earthosphere, which I think is your term. I, I like that. So let's all walk around with that awareness. Uh, but I also want to explore maybe on the next podcast, the, uh, a little more around the communication side, which we've talked about before, but uh, it's also part of this uh, this form over substance world that we're all trying to navigate. Well, for sure, Vin, that's going to be something we'll stick to. And let's, let's kind of lead into it is one of the reasons that I talked about the ether sphere, the intangible, why we value that so much, the emptiness uh, and, and not the empty vessel of Taoism where you put something in it, but it's just because our minds are being, hijacked and we're filling it in with all of this noise coming in from who knows where and that's where we're getting this kind of vapidness that you even can go to news stories where you're interested in some world event or something and they'll say well we have to respond to a commenter uh joe 44 said why do we care what he said why why do we care that's not going to advance us in any way and so the more that we give stock to bit consciousness, bit people that don't exist, the, the less real, tangible human commerce we have. I don't care what some disembodied commenter said. I don't even want to comment on his comment. I want to learn something. I want to grow. I want to challenge myself. And so we're getting into a world where there's no challenge. Where unreal is real and reality has no value. I want to be in a place where we admire people because of what they've given to humanity and how they bettered our lives, not because they were just there and got likes and provoked exchange like that. It doesn't, doesn't advance us, man. And it causes a lot of the challenges we're seeing today in all areas of life. But those of us who are opting out, we can navigate through this. We can find our way to the farm, so to say. Find our way to a better place. You follow me, Vin? So we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Find our way to the farm. I, I like that. We can put that on a t-shirt. That's a cool slogan. There you go. Get it at merch, dharmamedia.com. Go to our merchandise. We'll have it with the three vinegar tasters. Finding our way to the farm. All those good things. Right from my mouth to your t-shirt, copyright 2022. <laughs> All right? If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace. <laughs>